Welcome to the Heroes Church Podcast. Our vision is to build Christ-centered communities of imperfect people for the city. Now, let's listen to Pastor Z as he shares the scripture message. Hello and welcome to our last Sunday of first month of the new year. And I'm so excited to share with you today's message that really culminates our themes for the month which is New Year, but same gospel. So we've been tackling a lot of things from disciplines, to faith, to grace, to purpose. Elder Noel did such an amazing job last Sunday sharing to us about that. And now we're moving to close this month on how it is to have a new year and still focus on the same vision. So before I continue, let's start with a prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for sustaining us. And as we complete the first month of 2021, we pray that you will guide us, be with us. As we worship together virtually, we pray that your spirit will move in and through us so that we can hear your word, understand it, and apply it in our lives. Bless this time together. In Jesus' name we pray. 2020 was truly a tough year. It put us in a position where we had to adjust, be flexible, be agile, change. And when crisis hits, a lot of things can happen. It can either make or break you. You know, you can either fight or flight or freeze. And we know these things, but when we're actually at that moment is when a lot of the things you know, we, we've really been trying to inculcate together or, or grow in together, that's when it really comes out. And I know there's such a thing as you know, pandemic fatigue or lockdown fatigue or even maybe 2020 fatigue. So I hope that this message helps us deal with these things so that we can understand how to move forward this new year. Now, this story of a conflict arising in the early church, now from within, because the past few Sundays, we've been talking about how conflict arose from outside the church, coming in, you know, persecuting the Christians. But now, as the number of Christians were growing, conflict arose And that's pretty normal with the growing pains. We will see how this was solved. And I want to talk today about vision. Vision is very important because it will help us anchor ourselves this new year. So the story helps us see what vision does. I want to share to you three things about it. The first is vision addresses Differences in opinion. Vision addresses differences in opinion. A community of believers, a community of people, will always have differences in personalities, differences in perspectives, differences in preferences. And of course, when things start to gel, people start to really 
come together, sometimes these differences in opinion can cause friction. And I think that's something we have to understand. We have to understand that as a church, we don't come together because we just enjoy one another. We don't come together only because we enjoy parts of the worship service, like the music, or maybe the message, or maybe the interaction during some days. We don't only enjoy it for these things because we know that as time passes, as we get to connect more, build more relationship, interact more, and get to know one another, and not only getting to know one another, but as we journey through life together, one test of closeness is the friction that happens naturally when people come together. And so, it is an inevitable thing that we will experience, but it is also indicative of growth. So we have to understand, be aware that when these circumstances come, and they will come, for some of us, they may have already come, we need to know what to do. So vision, having a vision, addresses differences in opinion. In this story, the conflict arose when part of the Greek-speaking Jews had a conflict with the native Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. I'm not going to go and explain why this is happening, but this is just an illustration of what are the things that can naturally happen in community when people just journey together. Obviously, people will gravitate towards people they like or people they're very close with. Sometimes in churches, especially as we grow, you know, it's normal to have groups, subgroups within the big group. And, you know, many times in my experience of church and even serving other churches, there will be some cliques, some, you know, some, some very close groups that become very close, but without realizing it, are beginning to already alienate others or isolate themselves from the rest of the so it's normal that misunderstandings happen. And this is one conflict that arose. Growth was happening. People were becoming closer. But as they were growing together, there was a conflict between two groups. And I just want you to know that change, whether it's good or bad, always lead to conflict. It always lead to expose differences in when that happens, what do we do? Now, the tendency, the tendency we have are two things. Number one is we overreact. Because there's a conflict, because there's a complaint, some of us could be overreactors. We tend to overreact. Jump, be jumpy on the complaint. Oh, there's a complaint. We panic. And some of us were more passive at first, so we tend to be underreacting. You know, we protect our emotions. We control our reactions. So, you know, we can see this. We can see this in the way we respond to this pandemic, respond to struggles this 2020. Have you discovered your tendency? And sometimes the tendencies even change depending on the circumstances, depending on what the value is of the stimulus is to you. Some of us feel a little cough, a little cold, and we panic, and we like, jump to conclusions. We've experienced that maybe during this pandemic scare. Some of us tend to be a little bit more loose, and 
Ashalai. Whatever it is, you have to understand that when conflict happens, when complaints happen, or where circumstances change, we could either be overreacting or we could be a little bit more aloof and non-responsive. So I think you get to know more of this. We got to know more about this last year. And you see it going around. You know, you see when you go out and you see people on you know walking, the kind of face mask they wear, facial they wear, some people are you know carrying on their hand large alcohol sprays just spraying everything. And you also know, you know, some people who just would be very stuck in just shying away from risk or those who are very much involved or loose or, you know, sometimes irresponsible. But we find here a very good lesson that in this conflict where there are differences in opinion and a problem in the execution of certain responsibilities, vision addresses this. And how does it address it? Well, vision secures the mission. This change, this conflict, can potentially disrupt, distract, curtail the growth, the focus of the disciples as they were growing the early church and laying the foundations for the future generations. Look at how the 12 disciples responded. Acts 6.2, the 12 called the whole group of the disciples together and said, it's not right for us to neglect the word of God and to wait on tables. It's not correct. It's not wise. It's not right for us to neglect the word of God, to wait on tables. Now, if you just read this, what is the first thing that comes to your mind? You know what? If we're really honest, we read this and it jolts us. It angers us. It makes us upset. It makes us feel like the disciples don't care. It makes us feel like Disciples are, are far from the people. It can make you feel that the disciples have a sense of entitlement to things. Imagine if this was happening in today's time. The news just broke out that there's a riot, that there's a protest among these two groups, and they're trying to stake their claim that a group is not being treated fairly by another group. Now, Imagine if disciples, 12 disciples existed during that time, and they tweeted, they tweeted so that everyone can see that we're not going to get involved. It is not right for us to neglect the word of God, to be involved in this matter. What rockets, what ripples will flow from this? But that didn't happen. And we know why. We took this in the first installment of this series, that though times change, though there were so many things that were that they could focus on, the disciples in Acts 2 focused on the disciplines, and part of those disciplines was their devotedness to prayer and the Word of God. So you know, when, we, when you look at this passage, zoom out of your immediate reaction, involve the context, bring, you know, this whole series together, you'll, you'll see that 
there was no, you know, further worsening of the situation because the disciples were very clear and consistent from the very start that they were making the main thing the main thing. Their devotedness to the disciplines of their vision, which was high care for the Word of God, was going to carry them even through the growing pains of the early church. And so it is very important. This is where vision comes in. This is where understanding what our vision, what our shared vision is, what our purpose, which Noel talked about last week, every endeavor that we do, this is where vision helps us because it secures the mission. It helps you put things in perspective. The disciples were not saying they don't care about conflict. They were just trying to put the people to see the hierarchy of the mission in terms of addressing the differences in opinion. So right now, let me ask you, how have you connected with the vision of our church? How have you participated in contributing to our vision? How have you even been made aware of this vision? That's something very important. And this year, that's something you may consider as we move forward together. And this next month, we're going to feature more of that as we engage you, especially if you've been tuning in to our online services, reading our Facebook posts, listening to our podcasts, watching our YouTube channel, and you're not connected with us. We really want to connect with you more. So wait for this next month. We're excited to get to connect with you. As we connect with you, we want to share with you more about our vision. Now, the disciples said, it's not right for us to neglect the word of God to wait the tables, but they did not shy away from lending their wisdom on how to address the difference in opinion. Because the vision doesn't only secure the mission, the vision drives the solution. The vision drives the solution to address whatever it is that has come up. As they continue in Acts 6 verse 3, the disciples says, the disciples say, but carefully select, carefully select among you, brothers, seven men who are well-tested, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, whom we may put in charge of this necessary task. See, in today's world, Acts 6 verse 2, the initial statement would have been highlighted, would have been all over the place, would have been sensationalized. That's why we would have missed on verse 3. Verse 3 balances it, shows that the disciples do care about the conflict, they do care about the people. We're not trying to wash their hands off of the responsibility. But by standing on the vision and making the main thing the main thing and clarifying that to the people, they were able to guide and provide solution to this undertaking. This was a very practical solution. Select men, seven of them who are carefully selected to be full of spirit and of wisdom that they may be put in charge of this necessary task to form a subcommittee of trusted, faithful men to address the situation. Let's empower them to do it. Wow. You know what? This is such a beautiful thing that happened 
in the early church that we can truly learn from. That as the community was growing, there will be natural changes, natural circumstances affecting us. And as we grow together, there will even be natural friction that can lead to misunderstanding. As misunderstandings arise, the church must not be distracted, allow the main thing to be the main thing. And for us to do that, we need each other, right? For us to do that, we need each other. Disciples were not trying to say they're special while the rest are not special. They're saying, look, we need each other. We need people who will rise up, be, be spirit-filled, be men of wisdom, and not only able, but are available to be in charge of this necessary task. This was an amazing drive rooted in the vision that empowers others in the community to step up and contribute. That is one of my biggest joys in the ministry. I'm so thankful to God that as we lay down the foundations of our church, we really believe that a plurality of leaders and contributions of many will really help make our mission succeed. When I got the vision to plant Heroes Church in Manila, one of the first things I prayed and told God was, Jesus, Lord, I don't want to do this by myself. Please prepare people who will walk alongside me in this journey to contribute to your church. Through the years, I've had the blessing and the benefit of people coming alongside to contribute to the vision because the Lord has been working in each of our hearts already even before formal conversation happened about this. That's an exciting thing. We find this as we look at the scripture and the models of leadership, even from the Old Testament. We're not meant to be people who do amazing things by ourselves. You know, there's heroes, maybe. And I read, I read a quote that someone said, there's the myth of the super CEO wakes up at 40 a.m., reads 500 books a year, and works crazy hours on the day to just drive this company to succeed. I've never met that person. And I read this and I'm like, well, I think there are people who try to wake up at 4 a.m., read 500 books a year, and work crazy hours during the day. But do I really want to be that person? Is it healthy to be that person? We find that in the Old Testament, even with, before Jesus came, there were great heroes like Abraham, Moses, David, but they all needed help. They all needed help. Moses needed the Joshua. David had Jonathan, and he also needed a Nathan to remind him, set him straight. We are not meant to do things on our own. One of the best things I've experienced in ministry is the joy of having people come together and culture. You know what? In our church, I'm so blessed because as a pastor, that's what I can focus on. I can focus on my craft. I can focus on what I need to do to really focus on the Word. But other people are stepping in to contribute, doing other things that I don't even know how to do. I can't even do better than them, but they do absolutely a good job. We have a great team, our, our Heroes Online Service team, 
you know, comes together every Sunday morning before you see this to work on and pray together. And there's not only Sunday morning, but throughout the whole week, you have people working on the liturgy, creating video, uh, editing them, preparing the sound so that it comes out beautifully, so that the change of platform to experience last year will come out seamlessly. Imagine if only one person had to do all that. Imagine if, if we ended up too focused on that, then I don't think we would have gotten through as much as we can this previous year. And I have the privilege to influence other pastors. That's what I say. We live in a time where it's easy to be distracted by so many offerings, so many attractions that the church offers to people. Good lights, good sounds, maybe even a passion for ministry, a drive for excellence. These are good things. These are great things. These are amazing things to have. And your ability to procure them is affected you know, by a lot of different things. You know, what's your demographic in the church? You know, what's your population? What's your ability to pay for certain costs? So obviously, there's already an advantage to richer churches, more professional demographic. So what really could be applied to all churches across the board, both urban and rural settings, both wealthier or, or poorer churches, or what could be a common denominator? The common denominator is this. Churches must be very clear to the main thing that they're offering. When people know the main thing that they're offering, and they buy into that. It's easier for people to step up and contribute as long as you remain consistent with that vision. So vision addresses differences in opinion. Vision secures the mission. And vision also drives the solution to guide the processes that we have. So in conclusion, when change threatens the mission. Let us focus on the mission. There's no greater example, no greater example of this direction than our Lord Jesus Christ. In Hebrews 12, 2, where actually comes our name, Heroes Church, Jesus as the hero, it says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the archegos or hero or in some English translations, author and perfecter of our faith, who, for the joy set before him, endured the cross. Jesus came with a vision. That vision was joyous to him. And that's what's helped him endure any change, any conflict, even the hardest thing that he will experience, which is the path to the cross. What is your vision? What is the vision that you have that will grant you joy no matter what? You know what? The key to our faith, the key to our Christianity is realizing there can be no greater vision than the vision of someone who made you his vision to as he endured the cross. That's the greatest thing we can ever experience in this world. We chase after so many things that you know leave us high and dry. Because we want them thinking they will give us satisfaction and joy. But when we actually experience them, 
we feel very disappointed. But with the Lord Jesus Christ, He has made the first move. He has already done the complete work so that our forgiveness, our salvation, our eternity is secure. And He made that possible by going through the cross, by enduring the shame, by going through the worst conflict in the world so that He can win us to an eternity with Him. That's the good news. And when we're focused on that good news and we're focused on that painting being the ultimate thing, we can do anything, brothers and sisters. We can grow and overcome everything. And as we have, with God's grace, overcome 2020, this new year, let's focus on the same vision. So if you're listening to this, I want you to pray about this. And as we close this series, I want you to consider to join us in our vision because we want to build Christ-centered communities of imperfect people in the cities. We want to create these churches, these, these community groups, these environments for people to be strengthened by the gospel, to be secured by the vision of God in their lives so that they can live the gospel out and impact the world with joy and perseverance. This is such an exciting year. 2021 is going to be a great year for us. And we're excited that we can involve more of you. So I want you to start thinking about this, praying about this. I challenge you to join us as we accomplish this for God's glory, by His grace, and through His story. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the story, Acts chapter 6, that guides us through the growth of the early church. And by focusing on the ultimate things, they were able to you know, resolve conflict. And before, so, so because the, you know, people contributed and stepped up, more people praised God, more priests became faithful, and ultimately there was greater number that were even added. All these results are only made possible by the grace, by the direction, by the anchoring of the early church to your word. So Lord, we ask that you will anchor our church in your, in your word and help us make the main thing, the gospel of Jesus Christ, be the main thing in our lives, in our words, in our actions, so that we can endure anything, even, even this year. Be with us, and we pray the Lord that you will speak to each and every one listening to this right now. You will speak to the fathers, the mothers, the singles, the children, so that you will unlock for us with clarity contributions we can make. Fill us with your spirit. Fill us with your wisdom so that we can truly impact, Lord, and further contribute to meaningful membership in our church. We pray that we won't be afraid. We pray that we won't hesitate. We pray that, we'll, that, that, that this, this next month we'll be able to connect more, get to know one another, and see how else we can fulfill together your vision for our church, our ministry, our lives. This we ask in Jesus' name.